Hi, welcome to Overcoming Life's Obstacles. This is Jerry McGee. Appreciate you listening in. We are on the uh, second, the first and, I say this wrong every time, the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 Central Time. And um, we appreciate you listening in. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas. And my personal email is jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. I always love hearing from you. I especially love to hear when God has worked a miracle or he's done some great thing in someone's life. I always love to hear what God does. So I appreciate you listening in. And I'm going to uh, open with a word of prayer. Father, oh, before I do that, let me say, if you want prayer at the end of the teaching, you can call 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. And so, Lord, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that your glory will rest upon me and each person who's listening in uh, rest upon Dorothy. I pray your presence will be um, in every person's life, Lord, to heal, to deliver, to set free. And, Father, I ask tonight that the eyes of every heart be enlightened. I bind each person to the fear of God, the conviction of sin, a spirit of repentance. And I pray, Lord, tonight that each person will be healed of a fainting spirit. Uh, Father, forgive us for all the times we wanted to give up and quit and bail out and get a divorce when we're married. Forgive us, Lord, for being a fainter. And I ask you, God, in Jesus' name, for the truth that sets people free tonight. I pray for revelation knowledge. I pray for the anointing that breaks the yoke. Lord, I commit this time to you, and I ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, to enlighten our eyes lest we sleep the sleep of death. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will speak truth in the innermost beings of our heart. In Jesus' name, we bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over this meeting, over Dorothy, her family, me, my family, over all the things that concern us, over Abiding Life Ministries, over uh, our children. We break the power of every curse spoken over our president, Donald Trump, over those assisting him and helping him. And, Father, we just thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper in every tongue that accuses us in judgment. We condemn, for this is the heritage of those that seek you, Lord, that our vindication is from you. And so we just praise you tonight for what you're going to do. We bind Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. In Jesus' name, we break your power. You'll not blind the minds of those that are lost. In Jesus' name. Well, tonight I want to teach on a fainting spirit. I've, I've taught this once before, but I felt really strongly that I was supposed to do it tonight. And so before I start, you know, I've never, what I'm going to read to you is, some, is something that a poem that I wrote my dad, wrote in tribute to my dad when he died. And I've never shared it publicly. I mean, it's been on the Internet for a long time, but I've never shared it at a seminar. But I thought it really fit in with a fainting spirit because how we view uh, our parents, because parents modeled for us a picture of what God's like, how we view our parents unconsciously or consciously reviewing God the same way. 
And those of you who have sent under my teaching know that know that many times I've shared about how uh, I had judged my dad or how I had um, had a wrong attitude toward my dad. And so my dad is not a perfect person, but this is from a girl's eyes. This is, I guess, what I'm reading is the character of my dad. He was, he was um, one in the, he was one of a kind, but um, he's not greater than God. Uh, he had so many human frailties, and I guess I've repented of thousands of judgments, negative judgments I've made against him. But in all the years of ministering this past 35 years. I probably have only come across maybe maybe 30 people in the 20 years that had a parents like mine that really gave me a good image of God. Not that I have a perfect image of God, and I don't claim that I do, but um, having a mom and dad that loved each other and being brought up in a stable home, it's, it's rare. And like I say, there's probably not more than 30 people, and I've ministered to hundreds of people uh, in the last 35 years, and I have probably not run into maybe 30 people that could say they had a dad and mom that had um, given them a good image of God. And even in giving us a good image of God, because they're frail human beings, they made so many mistakes. But I want to read this to you, and I hope I can read it without crying. I just ran across it tonight when I was studying, but uh, I'm going to read it because it really ties in with what we I want to share tonight. It says, my dad always stood up strong and tall, giving me his very all. I never lacked in any way. He always knew how to sacrificially make my day. He gave me things that money could not buy. He taught me about Jesus and that his word could not lie. I never felt unloved a day in my life. Dad made me feel secure in a home free of strife. He loved my mother and was faithful to the end. In my eyes, there was nothing he could not mend. Stranded in a desert or in a ditch, my dad could get you out without a hitch. A little super glue, a, a string, or maybe a straw, he could work wonders with even minus a straw. He could fix anything from A to Z. Real innovative, an inventor was he. Where there's a will, there's a way. He lived by each day. When I would cry out, I can't, you can, he'd simply say, Dad urged me on to a higher plan. He had an answer for all, like it or not. The truth was the truth, even if you were in a tight spot. He was always there through thick and thin. He would never give up. He was sure to win. He worked hard from dawn to death tonight but never too busy to give me insight. Com comforting, protecting, critiquing, and correcting, pressing me onward toward the right direction. Dad had a heart for the poor and those without clout. He helped many who were down and out. In, in this day, a very rare find, at almost 94, he was one of a kind. Honest, Faithful, trustworthy, and true. Wise-hearted and witty, too. Therefore, the more I help others, the more I see what a priceless treasure my dad has been to me. Because of his love, I'm able to see God in a much greater way than he. A wonderful father and my dearest friend, 
the impact he made upon my life is without end. No great honors are attached to his name, but he will reside a hero forever in my Hall of Fame. And as I was reading this, this this basically was his character, even though he was not perfect. And I just wanted to share that because people faint because they have a poor image of God. Because mothers and fathers, uh, it, they they mirror a picture of what God is like. And so, if we if our mother and fathers, if our mother was a liar or my father was a liar, it, then I believe God's a liar. If my parents love me, I believe God loves me. No matter what I go through, no matter, and I've gone through some horrendous things, but even when my first husband left me for his secretary, um, I didn't feel unloved. My heart was broken for my children. And so if your parents lied to you or were unfaithful, then consciously you believe God's the same way. Now, with your head, you might say, no, God is not unfaithful. You believe that with your head. But your heart says, oh, yeah, no, he's just like dad or mom. And so when we go through trials, what we do, instead of going to God, because we think God's like our mother and dad. He don't take, he won't protect me. He don't give me answers. He don't solve my problems. <laughs> he doesn't watch over me. He doesn't care. He doesn't love me. So no use going to God. Well, when I have that attitude, when I go through a trial, then um, if I feel like this, if I have this, if I believe this lie about God, I don't go to God to fix it. And so because of that, uh, I come short of the grace of God and I receive a root of bitterness. Now, a fainter is a person when he might be having a happy day, everything's going wonderful. But the minute he goes through a trial, he takes a nosedive. He's like one of those little paper airplanes. And you've seen them, how you can make a little paper airplane. And then you let it sail and it sail through the air and it just sails and then it goes plunk and takes a nosedive. And that's what happens to a fainter every time they go through a trial. But when we go to God in that trial, we get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. But when we come short of the grace of God, we receive a root of bitterness, and we defile many, plus we defile ourselves. Plus, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for someone else to die. And so the answer to a fainting spirit is to go, when you have a problem, go to God. Because God's got an answer. Every problem you have is found in the word of God. And the reason we don't go is because we don't think we can go. We may want to go, but we think God doesn't want us or he won't help us. And so because of that, we don't go to God. And so if you're a person that's a fainter, it's because you don't go to God when you have a problem. But you got to get your mother-daddy issues worked out. You've got lots of things to forgive your mother and father for. You know, my mother and father were not perfect people. I mean, but, you know, they gave me a good image of God, but they made a lot of mistakes just because they're human. And you and I make a lot of mistakes. But we can give our children, if you're parents today, you can give your children stability by being a, a, a mother and father according to the word of God. And my mother and father didn't even take me to church, but they were moral people and they lived right and they were people of integrity. And because of that, it gave me a, a stronger foundation because when you grow up with parents that love you and care for you and protect you and watch over you and don't lie to you, um, 
what that does is it gives you strength to stand up um, with boldness in areas where you wouldn't otherwise be bold. And so, but a fainting spirit is a person, a person with a fainting spirit is a person that doesn't go to God when he has a problem. And the word fainting means to give up, to quit, to bail out. And so a fainter always bails out. And if you're a fainter, then you go through a trial in your marriage, you want a divorce. You think the grass is greener. And one thing Irma Bombeck said, and I agree with it, I didn't agree with everything she said. In fact, this is the only thing I can remember she ever said, but it makes sense. The grass is only greener over the septic tank. Because when you make judgments on your parents, it sets you up to reap that very same thing. And it will never change until you go back and forgive your mother and father for the ways that they violated the word of God in training you up. You know, the Bible says, uh, fathers provoke not your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. And so every place a father or mother violates the word of God in training you up, you have an anger issue. And those are the issues that I have dealt with because, because my parents didn't take me to church. My daddy never prayed with us or anything like that. And those are things I've had to forgive him for. And so it sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but I can tell you, no human is perfect, but we can give our children stability uh, by living, you know, morally and by loving them. You know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Hatred stirs strife, but love covers a multitude of sins. And so fathers usually means the authority figure in the home, but it means mothers and fathers. Hebrews 12, 1 through 14 says, Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, and of course, that's the people that have died and gone before us, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses, angels and demons surrounding us. Let us lay aside every... Every encumbrance, in other words, and the sins which so easily entangles us, and that's the one we commit the most. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so we have to lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God the Father. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have Forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are, appro- when you are appro- uh, reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he loves. So, I'm not going to faint, right? You know, uh, Dorothy and I were talking, you know, the older we get, the more the song onward Christian soldiers, more that means, right? (laughs) Marching as to war. You know, sometimes when you're young, you don't see how much you need the Lord until you get older. And if you're young and blessed to know how much you need him when you're young, you're really blessed. 
Anyway, I'm going to read Hebrews again. It says, the way he tells us to lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us, and then the way we do that, it says, fixing your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of, of your faith, for the joy set before him, who despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself that you may not grow weary and lose heart. And that word lose heart means give up, quit, bail out, faint. That's what it means. You have not resisted the point of shedding blood and you're striving against sin. You know, that's a picture of us being willing to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow the Lord. You have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to his sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you're approved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and he scourges every son whom he uh, receives. And, of course, this is a picture of the discipline doesn't mean that God's going to punish you as much as just correct you. And of course, if you're stubborn and you won't repent, then, you know, then you get a spanking. But discipline means to, to correct and to train. And so if we don't receive God's discipline, then we don't get conformed into his image. And the scripture goes on to say that we... we in verse uh, 7 says, For this discipline that we endure, God deals with us with sons. For what son is there whose father did not discipline? But if you're without discipline, in other words, if you don't let God teach you in that trial, of which we have been partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Now, when we go through trials, God has something to teach us in the midst of those trials. And when we go to the throne of grace, we deal with it his way. We get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected and more conformed into his image. And when we don't do it, we receive a root of bitterness. It says, and so so the church is full of people that, doesn't let God, that don't let God discipline them. They don't deal with their heart issues. Religious people just deal with the outward show, and they don't deal with their heart issues. So you have to deal with your heart issues. Otherwise, you're not receiving God's discipline. And if you don't deal with heart issues, you're illegitimate children and you're not his child. Even though you have a myth, you've given mental assent to God, you believe in God and Jesus like the devil and the de- demons believe. And the, the scripture says it trem- they tremble. But being born again is when everything that you believe about God gets down in your heart and transforms it. goes on to say, furthermore, we all had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Now, if you couldn't, and that means in a good sense, but if you couldn't respect your earthly parent, then you were con- you were confounded, which means that you were confused and mixed up and damned about God, and you received a perverted image of God. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for our short time that seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be pleasant or joyful, but sorrowful. But but yet, to those who've been trained by it, it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. So in other words, when we receive the discipline, you get strengthened, confirmed, established, perfected, more conformed into his image, and you, and you uh, yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness in your life, and you get a little better. You know, we should be changing from glory to glory to glory. Not going backwards, but but every day we should be closer to the Lord 
instead of going backwards. And I can tell you, if you're going backwards, that's one of the major problems of back back problems, backsliding. In fact, Romans 1 says that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, worshiped the creature rather than the creator, and God gave them over to a reprobate mind, which is one of the roots to Alzheimer's disease or dementia. Hebrews 12, 12 says, Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not put, be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And right now, is, in other words, God's telling you to repent. Right now, you're just lame, but if you don't repent, it could you could it could be put out of joint. And this was something that I really have repented over because of all the times I've failed lately. And um, part of it was because I I walk fast and I wouldn't I don't watch where I'm going and. I think sometimes when you're older, you have a tendency maybe to drag your feet, and I tripped, uh, stumped my toe two of those times. Anyway, twisted my ankle the first time because I was trying to do something in a hurry. And so, you know, the Bible tells us to watch our steps. And so I've been doing word studies on steps, stumble, stumble, stumbling, fall, fail, falling, fail, um, uh, stumbled. I've been walk. I've been doing word studies because uh, I want to see, you know, the Bible's got an answer to all my problems. And I'm saying, okay, God, I want to see why I fell. And my goodness, have I gotten a lot of deliverance just uh, doing word studies. And when I say word studies, just repenting over the word. You know, you may not find you, if you've got sickness in your body, you may not find your the disease you have. Um, you might not find the words in the Bible, but you can find the symptoms. You can find your symptoms. Look them up and repent over them. Do a word study. The Bible says he, did, he, he sent his word to heal you. Hebrews twelve fourteen. Pursue peace with all men. That means walk in love. And the sanctification without which no one will see God. Now the King James says holiness. Without holiness, no man's going to see God. And so it says that we pursue peace with all men. And, of course, love fulfills the law. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God and that no bitterness springing up causes many to be defiled. And so that's what happens when we don't go to the throne of grace. So I can tell you that people that faint, give up, quit, and want to bail out, they've got bitterness in their life. They've come short of the grace of God because they have a poor image of God. And so, um, you know, God has a lake of blessing that he wants to pour out on us. But if you just picture God wanting to pour out a lake on us, but we have log jams and a bunch of logs, and those logs are judgments we made on our parents. And every place we have a log jam, we block God from blessing us in that area. And it also causes us to believe a lie about God. And so when we go through a trial, we'll either go to the throne of grace, God's throne of grace for mercy, or to receive correction, or we'll come short of the grace of God. And we faint because uh, we have a perverted image of God. And the Bible um, tells us of many of God's attributes. And I'm just going to name a few. And just few of the attributes of God. You know, we talk about the attributes of God. We're really talking about his nature or his manifested character. And there's, there's, I'm just going to, go through 10 of the attributes of God and there are many more but I'm just going to go go through 10 of them tonight and the first one is that he's all he's um he's um 
omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. That means he knows everything. He knows what you're thinking before before you even think it, he knows. Uh, the scripture says that his knowledge is in, his knowledge is infinite, complete, without end. Isaiah forty twenty eight says, "Has thou not known? Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Neither is he weary." There is no searching, there is no searching of his understanding. Job 37, verse 16 says, God's perfect in knowledge. Psalms 147, verse 5 says that God understands, that his understanding is infinite. Great is the Lord and he's a, and great is his power. His power is... His understanding is infinite, which means immeasurably great. First John three twenty says, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. Romans eleven thirty three says, The depth of of the riches the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable are his ways. The next thing about God, the second of the ten things I want to share is that he's omnipotent, means he's all-powerful. And God is able to bring to pass everything that he chooses to bring to pass. He has no external limitations except the ones he puts upon himself. And the book of Job said that he can do all things and that no one can restrain him. Genesis 18.4 simply ask this question is anything too hard for God and of course we know the answer is no the third thing of the 10 things I want to share is that he's omnipresent that means he's everywhere at one time even though he sits in the heavens he's everywhere at every time God's God's omnipresence speaks to the fact that he's present in all places at all times even though he's in heaven. Proverbs 15, 15, 3 says that his eyes are in every place. And I love the scripture that says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro over all the earth, seeking to show himself strong to those whose hearts are completely his. Jeremiah 22, verse 23 and 24 says that God is close at hand and that no one can hide himself from God. In other words, wherever you go, God's there. And the classic passage of God's omnipresence is found in Psalms 139, verse 7 through 12. It says, where, it says, where the, the psalmist says that he can never be out of the sight of God. He says, where can I go from your, your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the dove, if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your 
right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you because because God is light, and wherever if he walks in darkness, everything is light because he is the light. He's the light of the world. You know, God tells us to walk in the light as he's in the light, and we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. Uh, the, the fourth thing is that God is immutable. That means he doesn't change. He's absolutely unchanging. Psalms 90 verse 2 says that before, before anything was created, external in, eternal and existent that that he he exists in the same state that he, the same state that he is in now he never changes malachi 3 6 says i am the lord i change not the fifth thing is that god is holy he's perfect and without sin or flaw isaiah called god the holy one more than 30 times you know, he tells us to be holy as he's holy, to be perfect as he's perfect. You know, um, sometimes when we think that, we think that we have to turn the potter's wheel when God says that he's the potter and we're the clay, and all the clay has to do is rest on the potter's wheel. And the potter takes out the junk, he fires the clay, he fashions it, he molds it, he makes it. But sometimes when we hear the words, be holy as I'm holy and perfect as I'm perfect, then we think we have to turn that potter's wheel and we have to fix ourselves. And can I tell you, you can't fix yourself. Only God can fix you. Psalms 99.9 says, Lord, our God is holy. Because his holiness cannot, cannot accept or look upon sin. He says in Habakkuk 1.13, your eyes are too pure to approve evil. And you cannot look with favor on wickedness. And of course, you know, praise God because of the blood of Jesus that he died on the cross for my sin. And he, and he gives me an out. In First John 1, 9, he says, if I confess my sin, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And the next thing is that God is righteous. God's holiness is manifested in his righteousness. Psalms 116.5 says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Ezra 9.5 says that God is righteous. And there's many, many verses that talk about the righteousness of God. And I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to read enough for you to know that I'm not coming off the wall, that this is truly uh, in the word of God. Psalms 129.4 says, The Lord is righteous. He has cut in two the cords of the wicked. Psalms 145.17 says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The seventh thing is that God is sovereign. That means he has all authority. He created us. And how he rules, um, and his sovereignty is how he rules his creation. Sometimes when you look at the world, you don't think he's ruling but he's in, he he's allowing the devil to do some things right now with some people, because you know God doesn't want a robot. Those of you who have children and you feel like maybe that your children don't treat you right, 
uh, you know, you could, you could be demanding and say, you know, you don't treat me right. You need to do this, 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 X, Y, and Z. But, you know, you don't want a robot. You want somebody to love you because they love you and not because you're forcing them to love you. And so God lets people choose. Even though he's in complete control, he's all also given us free choice to obey or not, no obey, not obey. And, of course, when we don't obey, there's repercussions. And then God is love. Not that he just has love. God is love. And if there's one attribute that people like to talk about is how much God loves us. Oh, God, God loves you so much he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't punish you. Well, he would because he's also a, a God of justice. And, the word, and then this word love encapsulates for us his mercy, his grace, his loving kindness. And he wants to share with us a personal relationship. He wants to fellowship with us. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for God is love. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And, you know, if a person don't love, then uh, he doesn't know God because God is love. The scripture says in 1 John, um, if you say you love God and you hate your Christian brother, that you're a liar and the truth's not in you, for how can you love God whom you've not seen if you cannot love your brother whom you've seen? 1 John 4, 8 says, the one who does not love, does not know God, for God is love. And, you know, I, this is kind of a sidetrack, but, you know, when my son died of AIDS, my husband treated him so poorly that I thought if he dies, I'll have a hard time forgiving my husband. Because when my son died, my heart was absolutely empty. And I said, Lord, I have no love in my heart for this man. I have no love and no respect for this man. But I said, but God, your love. And if you, be, I've read books on how to love, but Lord, it doesn't work. My my heart is empty. It's bankrupt. And so God, if you want me to love because you are love, I ask you to fill my heart with love. And I said, Lord, I'll live in this situation forever because I want to please you. I want to glorify you. But if you want me to love, I can't do it myself. You'll have to put the love there. And I can say God did put love there. And so it's not just that God has love, but that God is love. The ninth thing is that God is merciful. God's mercy has been defined as God not giving us what we deserve. We all deserve to go to hell. Ephesians 2.4 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with us, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together. With Christ, for by grace have we been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. So salvation is a true gift. And it's not just believing in Jesus with your head. It's having a heart that's transformed. And, you know, if you don't know God, you can be a fainter all the time because only God can give you the strength to endure. The Bible says it's those who endure to the end will be saved. The tenth thing is that God is truth. The scripture says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, Isaiah 65:15-16 says, "Because he who is blessed in the heaven will be blessed by the God of the earth, the God of truth." Hebrews 4:15 says, "For we have we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but 
but in all ways was tempted in like manner as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. And of course, for us to go to that throne of grace, we've got to have a good image of God. We've got to forgive. In other words, those of you who grew up in a dysfunctional home, which most of you probably did, make a list of all the negative things of, of how you grew up. Make a list of judgments you've made on your mother and father. And I had a good mother and dad, but I made, I made a list. And I tell you, I've repented of thousands of issues I've had with my parents. It wasn't their fault. It was my judgments of them. And whenever you judge a parent, you're going to reap the same thing. You'll either be like that parent or you'll marry someone like that parent. And if you're married now, I can tell you 99% of your problems go back to judge it, make judgments you've made on your mother and father. And so um, 99% of the time you're living with your mother or father. So, you know, whatever irks you right now is the same thing that bothered you growing up. We're just, our life today is just a rerun of how we grew up. And so for us to go to the throne of grace, we have to humble ourselves. Um, the Bible says that he gives uh, grace to the humble. We have to humble ourselves and go to the throne of grace. And um, if you have a problem, go and ask yourself, why is it I have a hard time going? And so in some way you're seeing God like you saw your mother or father. But make a list of all the negatives and begin to forgive them one by one and then renounce the lie that God's the same way because he's not. And so at the throne of grace, we get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. And in every area, I fail to go to the throne of grace. When I have a problem, I have a root of bitterness, and bitterness will make you sick. So you have to forgive. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. You know, somebody hurts you or parents violate the law of God in training you up. Then you come short of the grace of God. You receive a root of bitterness, and when you let the sun go down on your anger. Every place you and I let the sun go down on our anger, we give the devil a foothold in our life. And so um, so when we come short of the grace of God, we receive root of bitterness. And it's always good when you go through a trial, always ask God what he's trying to teach you. And if you're a fainter, um, you'll take a nosedive and you'll bail out. And if you're married, you want a divorce. And that's not the answer because the law of sowing and reaping says when you judge your parent, you make a judgment and say you think, you know, this turkey I'm living with causing me a miserable, you know, causing me misery. You go out and find another husband, and I can tell you he's a little worse. The same pattern. Those of you have been married multiple times, you can say that probably the same issues you dealt with each one of those. And if you're not married, you deal it with an authority figure at work. And so uh, God has a lake of blessing he wants to pour out on you, but the, ja- the judgments we've made on our parents have put log jams in that blessing. We've received a lie that God's the same way, and because of that lie, those lies we believe, we're a fainter. We want to give up, quit, and want to bail out. So if you're listening, um, I'm going to lead you in repentance, and then we'll do some deliverance, and then um, I'll share a little bit. And if anybody, if anybody wants prayer, if you'll call... Um, Six four six five nine five nine five four seven eight four and press one. I'll be happy to pray with you.
So, Father, in the name of Jesus, and I just want you to think about all the negatives about your mother and father. And I'm just going to name a few, and the Lord's going to show you things. And, Lord, I ask your glory to rest upon each person. I ask your presence to be there to heal, to deliver. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray with me. You've not been born again. Father, forgive me that I received you. I believe in you with my head, but, Lord, it's never got down in my heart. I want to be born again. Forgive me for not being willing to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow you. And, Lord, today, tonight, I yield my life to you 100%. God, I choose to deny myself. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for your great love for me. Thank you that you're nothing like my mother and father. And, Lord, I pray that uh, I'll not just believe that with my head, but that you'll let it soak into my heart and to change my life in Jesus' name. Forgive me for being a fainter. Forgive me for wanting to give up, quit, bail out. Forgive me for thinking the grass is greener. Forgive me for not going to your throne of grace. God, I didn't. I wanted to go, but I didn't think I could go. So forgive me for rebellion, uh, a, a willful rebellion or even a subtle rebellion. I ask you to forgive me. I forgive my mother and father that I was trained up in a, in a dysfunctional family. I forgive them that they didn't love me, that they rejected me, that I had to train myself up. I forgive them for physically abusing me, mentally abusing me, emotionally abusing me, spiritually abusing me, sexually abusing me if they did. Uh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I forgive them that um, they worked all the time. They didn't spend any time with me. I forgive them that I, they, they didn't care for me. They didn't uh, value me. They didn't appreciate me. I forgive them for the the words that they spoke over me, the negative words. Uh, I forgive them for not providing for me. I forgive them for drinking and being alcoholics and drug addicts if they were. I forgive them that I grew up in total dysfunction. I forgive them for being abusive. I forgive them for lying to me. I forgive them for um, not valuing me. And I want you to repent of whatever else you can think of of what they did. If they sexually molested you, if they did, or if they let other people abuse you or molest you, if you, if, you, if they were angry people and you were afraid of them, if they were controlling, uh, if they were passive, apathetic, listless, if they were warriors or if they feared, if, they, if you grew up in extreme poverty and they didn't meet your needs you never had your needs met forgive them Uh, forgive them if they didn't listen to you or if they didn't solve your problems if you couldn't go to them to get good answers uh, forgive them for confounding you mixing you up confusing you making you feel damned and uneasy Uh, forgive them for beating you uh, for punishing you in anger which was child abuse Forgive them for child abuse. Forgive them for taking, forgive them that you had to go to work if you did and, and they took all of the money, that little money that you made. Forgive them if they kicked you out of the house when you were just uh, little or young. Or giving you, forgive them for giving you away and abandoning you. Can you see if, if these were judgments you made on your parents, how you would really believe that these lies, that God's the same way? God's nothing like your mother and father. 
And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you're perfect in all your ways, that you're all-knowing, that you're omnipresent, you're all-powerful. God, I thank you that you're holy, that you're righteous. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace, for your truth, for your compassion. Father, I thank you and praise you that um, you're all-knowing, you know everything, you know all my needs, you know everything about me, you even have the hair of my head number. Lord, I thank you that you're omnipotent, you're all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing. Thank you that you're merciful, Lord. Thank you for your great love. Thank you that you're everywhere, that I can't get away from you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the, for the uh, mansion in heaven that you prepared for me. Thank you that you are immutable, that you don't change, that you're not wishy-washy like my mother and father. Thank you, Lord, that you are, don't compromise. Thank you that, God, thank you that you're sovereign, that you're strong, and that you're holy, perfect in all your ways without sin or flaw. Thank you that you're a holy God. Thank you that if I just yield my life to you as the clay yields to the potter, Thank you that you, God the potter, will make me a vessel that is worthy of your use. Forgive me for trying to turn the potter's wheel. And I forgive my parents that they love me based on my performance. God, thank you that you're righteous. Thank you that you want to conform me into your image. And, Lord, I thank you for my parents, Lord, no matter how good or bad they were for giving me birth. Thank you that you're sovereign, that you're the boss. Thank you that your plans and purposes cannot be thwarted. Thank you that you're in control even though it doesn't look like it. Thank you that you are love. And, Lord, I ask you to fill me with that love so that I can spill over and love every person I meet. Thank you, God, that you cannot lie. You're not a man that you could lie. Thank you that you're not a liar. Thank you that you always keep your word. Thank you that your word is forever settled in heaven, that you watch over your word to perform it. Thank you by your grace and mercy you've saved me. God, thank you and praise you for truth. Give me a love of the truth. Lord, forgive me for not loving the truth. And, Lord, thank you that you, um, you're you a high priest that that uh, that have, has been tempted in all points like I have, but you, were, you have been without sin, and I have not been without sin. So, Lord... I ask you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness as I confess my sin. And, Lord, I, I want to come boldly to your throne of grace that I might find mercy and help in time of need. And, God, I want your lake of blessing to be poured out upon me and the judgments I've made on my parents. I've put a, a block between me and you. I ask you, Lord, in the days ahead, show me every judgment I made on my parents that's caused me to have a block between me and you. I thank you, Lord. I bless you in Jesus' name. I present my body to you, Lord. Everybody pray. As a living sacrifice, I offer up to you, Lord, my members as instruments of righteousness. I give you my will that your will might prevail. And, Lord, I break the judgments I made on my parents. Forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. Forgive me for turning to false gods instead of going to you. Lord, forgive me for giving the devil a foothold in my life. Forgive me for not honoring my mother and father, which means to forgive them by sundown. 
forgive me for promising myself I'd never be like them. I'd never marry one like them. I'd never treat my kids the way they treated me. And, Lord, those vows have been false gods, and I've been set up for the most very negative things to happen to me. And, Lord, I put the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus between me and those judgments I made on my parents. I forgive my parents for training me up in a way I should not go. Lord, I've been provoked to anger. Forgive me for turning to idols. I forgive my parents that they didn't make me feel safe. I forgive them that I was not born under your refuge, but I was born outside of your refuge in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I bring each person into your refuge in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray that your your glory will be upon each person listening to this message. I pray that each person will be touched right now, Lord, and healed. I command every wounded spirit to go, all confusion to go, all fear to go, all bitterness, uh, all anger, all rage, all resentment has to leave now in the name of Jesus, all fear, depression, despondency has to go. In the name of Jesus, I command lethargy to go, hopelessness, despair, discouragement, depression, go. I command pain to leave their bodies in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, I ask you to cover them now in the name of Jesus. I just break the power of all pain in Jesus' name. The demons of pain, you have to leave their bodies in the name of Jesus. Spirits of blindness that came in through mocking the father and scorning the mother, you have to go now in Jesus' name. All unforgiveness, torture, torment has to go. All anger, bitterness, rebellion has to go in the name of Jesus. All witchcraft, I break your power. I break the power of sexual perversion. I break every curse of incest all the way back to Adam and Eve. I break all the curses of these judgments of dysfunction that's come down through the bloodline. Lord, I ask you to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through the bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in their lives through the generational iniquities of the forefathers. We break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses. We break soul ties with all of our parents and forefathers in the name of Jesus. All perversion has to go. We cut every soul tie in the name of Jesus. Lord, in any instruments they were beat with or any hit, being hit with hands or uh, being molestation, we just cut with the sword of the Spirit all their body parts and anything that they've hit them with, we cut it off in Jesus' name. We just break the power and just take a deep breath and blow out the word. Spirit means breath in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to Shekinah glory to come down upon every life in Jesus' name. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Give Jesus the praise. Thank him that he is the deliverer, the healer, that he's the answer to all of your problems, and that you can boldly go through the throne of grace. And I break the power of that fainting spirit, spirits that would cause them to lose heart, spirits that would cause them to give up, faint, bail out, want a divorce. Get out now in Jesus' name. Every lying spirit that tells them that the grass is greener, go now in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Well, I'm going to share a little bit about the ministry. And if anybody wants prayer, again, you can call in at 646-594-78. I'm sorry, 595-4784. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless you, Jesus. And press 1. Don't forget to press 1. And if you would like to email me, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. 
You can go to my website, jerrymcgee.com. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com, and that's all lowercase. And there's books and tapes you can order. There's um, my son's testimony when he died of AIDS in 2000. Let's see, when he was he died. Um, 1989, he died of AIDS. And you can go on to my website and you can see Todd's Greatest Regret. That testimony has gone worldwide uh, since he died in 1989. Praise God he's in heaven. And, um, you know, sometimes we judge our parents and we look back and we think, you know, maybe they did a better job than we did. But anyway, thank the Lord. The Bible says the children of the righteous are blessed. The children of the righteous will be delivered. I encourage you to order a little booklet called Clearing the Land. You can actually go through that book and get deliverance because it's a repentance book, and you can order that online. Also, a book on drunkenness, Is It a Blessing or Curse? Uh, That's a spirit that's permeating the church in America today. It's not a blessing, but it's a curse. And in that book, I use every scripture in the Bible on drunk, drunken, um, sober alert, drunkenness. There's also a book I recommend called Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. We all have a reaping, uh, good and evil. And so it tells you how to reset the negative things, too. Uh, and when God uh, resets the, the reaping from bad to good, then we're blessed. Hosea says, um, so to, with a view to righteousness. And so we should be very careful about how we how we sow and what we sow because We'll get back more later in the same thing. And most of the time, sad to say, that we reap through our children because a lot of times our children are just doing things that we did. We've repented, but they haven't. So uh, I've seen I've seen um, children delivered when parents repent of the same same thing that they see their kids doing that they did. I see their I see them change. And so, um, anyway, uh, on our website, you can see our schedule. We've been at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp this uh, Thanksgiving, uh, November 22nd through 25th, 2018. And um, if you're wanting a greater deliverance, I recommend you go to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, and you can go to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com. We have prayer teams that pray for people each morning. December 1st, I'll be in Duncanville, Texas. That's December 1st, 2018, Duncanville, Texas. And um, anyway, it starts at 10, goes to 1. It's free to attend, and I pray personally for people if they need prayer. And um, if you need or would like a meeting scheduled in your area, you can contact me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And I encourage you. I thank. You. I want to thank you, those of you who give to the ministry. It's a blessing, and we certainly appreciate it. Uh, those of you who haven't and would like to give, you can go on my website, and there's a, a place where you can send a gift through PayPal. And the lady that that uh, sponsors this program, she does a great service uh, for the body of Christ, and you can send her a gift by going to D for Dorothy D Churchy. One at hotmail.com. Well, if there's nobody calling, I just want to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you more peace.